0: What's up, family? You are tuned into Law & Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Uh, under her reign as Oakland mayor, Oakland's unhoused population exploded by 130%. An estimated 60% of those that ended up on the streets and are still living there are Black. Oakland has become the third most expensive city in the country for renters. Even the United Nations condemned Libby Schaaf's treatment of the unhoused uh, in 2018, saying, quote, it constitutes cruel and inhumane treatment and is a violation of multiple human rights, including the rights to life, housing, health, and water and sanitation. Libby's answer, and I put the word answer in air quotes to the unhoused problem she created, tough sheds and rolling sweeps of unhoused communities. One of the camps that established itself in West Oakland is the Wood Street community, Oakland's largest unhoused encampment, and they have literally been fighting for their right to exist and survive in the wake of what appears to be a zero tolerance policy for the homeless community. Today, Wood Street is facing two disasters, one natural, the storm we're all hunkering down for, and one, Woman made, I'll say. Uh, another sweep headed their way on January 9th. To discuss, we are joined by John Janosko, Wood Street Encampment resident. Good morning, John.
1: Good morning. How are you this day?
0: I'm doing all right. How are you, more importantly? I'm
1: good. I'm hanging in there, trying to stay dry.
0: I'm really glad that you're able to join us. Thank you so much for being here. We're also joined Thank by you. Talia Husbands, Hankin, founder of Love and Justice in the Streets, one of Oakland's fiercest advocates for the unhoused community, or I should say with the unhoused community. Hey, Talia. Talia. excuse me. Hey, good morning. Happy New Year, Kat. Happy New Year, darling. Thank you so much for being on the show. Y'all, because sometimes I feel like, you know, I talk inside baseball on this show. So I want to start with some background. (laughs) And, um, John, I'm going to start with you. Talk about where the Wood Street encampment is located. Uh,
1: We're at 1707 uh, Wood Street, right across the street from uh, Ramonday Park. um, And next door to the old uh, train station in West Oakland.
0: And how long have you all been a community and also tell us a bit about the people who live there.
1: We, uh, we've been a community about seven, almost eight years. We were uh, directed down here, uh, by the, uh, city of Oakland, the police department to come down to Wood street about seven, eight years ago. And if we came down here that we'd be left alone, um, and, and be okay down here. Um, our community, um, we're tight knit. Um, we, we take care of one another. We appreciate one another. We look out for one another and we just, and uh, we also look out for any unhoused, uh, members of our family within the West Oakland community. And that for that matter in Oakland in general,
0: there was, uh, a, a sweep, uh, I believe of the encampment just before the holiday break, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. And that was in the, um, back that was off of uh Caltrans land,
0: right? Talk about what happened and what the impact on your community was.
1: Um, What happened was the Caltrans came in uh, within a a, a month period of time and wiped out about 300 residents. They uh, brought in big dumpsters. They brought in about 200 uh, Caltrans workers, and they basically just threw everyone's stuff uh, into the garbage and pushed everybody onto the street uh, in the existing areas around West Oakland with uh, no real alternatives Our places to go. Uh, It it was really, to be honest, a nightmare, uh, really traumatizing uh, for everyone involved. Even uh, the the volunteers, the people that support us, uh, they didn't sleep well after uh, seeing the way that the city uh, treated everyone back there.
0: Yeah, I was there for a piece of it, you know, uh, with Anti-Police Terror Project and James Birch and Luce and as well as Mental Health First. And um, it is not just the Caltrans employees, right? The California Higher Patrol uh, are there in pretty large numbers as well, yeah?
1: Yes, there were, I would say, a good probably 100 uh, uh, Highway Patrol officers uh, basically standing around all day uh, laughing. And uh, I feel like disrespecting the the residents of uh, West Oakland because we do consider ourselves residents. Um, but it, it, it was really a, just a straight nightmare. I, I wouldn't wish anybody uh, to have to go through this. And, you know, January ninth through the 20th, um, looks like we're going to have to go through this. Um, I don't know if it's going to be any better because it is a city and the city doesn't have uh, the same size force as uh, Caltrans had to come back and sweep us. But it is going to be a fight a tooth and nail um, throughout this uh, next two weeks for us.
0: Okay, and we're going to get into the details of all that in just a second, including how community can stand up and support you all. Um, Talia, I want to bring your voice into the conversation as an advocate. Um, Like I said in the introduction, and as far as I'm concerned, one of the fiercest advocates Oakland has uh, on this issue. For folks that really just have no clue, um, because I know you've seen a lot of them, walk us through how violent these sweeps can be and the impact you've seen it have on the people that you work with.
2: Sure. So the first thing to know is that this is a machine that sweeps happen by the city of Oakland at least four days a week, every week. So this, the amount of funding and resources that are going into this terrorizing and violence of our most vulnerable communities could be redirected to housing and to permanent solutions. So this is a political choice that, um, the staff administration has made, um, to to continue to push people from one sidewalk to another without providing real and long lasting solutions. So at Sweeps, what people are experiencing is OPD and the Department of Public Works showing up and telling people that they have to leave. They are um, often being offered very inadequate and inaccessible shelter, like shelter beds, a uh, cot in a room with 45 other people where you cannot bring pets and you cannot bring belongings um, and you have to leave every morning or being forced to share a, um, a a small tough shed with a stranger, with another roommate. There's all kinds of restrictions on the shelter that is being offered to people. And so the city is really counting on the fact that people are going to not take the shelter because they know it's not Um, actually adequate and actually meeting people's needs. So many people that I know who are living in encampments across Oakland have already been through the city of Oakland's funded shelter programs and have returned to the streets. Um, And that really shows the failure of this entire system that is based on criminalizing people and sweeping people and in not coming up with real solutions. And we know that real solutions are possible when we listen to the people who are directly impacted. When people who are experiencing homelessness are at the table and are coming up with the solutions, they are the experts and they know what they need. And that is a huge missing piece of what's going on in Oakland today.
0: And, and not for nothing, but the violence the, that I hear that happens inside of those tough shed communities, um, particularly. Uh, against uh, folks that identify as women. I mean, I've just heard ghastly, ghastly stories. Um, so they're they're not any any safer. John, uh, Talia just mentioned, and, and you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, APTPR ethos is those that are closest to the problem are best poised to provide us with the solutions. To, what do you want the city to do? What, what what are the solutions? How do how do we how do we address this crisis in a real, meaningful way?
1: I want the city to step up and and, and be held responsible, or be responsible for the people that they are supposed to take care of. We want the city to to work with us to come down here and talk to us on a regular basis. We want the city first and foremost to stop the evictions, stop the sweeps, not just on Wood Street but across Oakland altogether until better solutions are worked out. Until we come up with something more, but we have to work together. And and, and housing for people is not just putting them into a box. See, we have this. They have this. Thing that uh, everyone will put them into an apartment, we'll put them here, we'll put them there into these little boxes and stuff, and that's not the solution. Each individual has an idea of what housing looks like for them. So when we talk about housing for people, you have to identify with that individual what housing looks like for that person. And that means if housing is a tent, then we need to... Find a place where there can be a a safe tent park where people can live in that manner. They can house themselves that way with all of the electricity, water, and other services that every other American uh, on this, you know, in America, is afforded um, if, if housing for somebody is uh, a, a trailer, then we need to have really safe RV lots that are trailers, and it can't be the same people that are, are governing us right now. Uh, Operation Dignity, boss, because all of those sites that are uh, being uh, governed by uh, these other agencies in Oakland, they look like war zones. They, there's no difference in look between our lot and those supposedly safe. Um, safe lots that people are that they're sending people to that are not safe and then there's no services at those lots nothing to engage people to want to get up and, and to do better every day we know that each individual is held responsible for their own future but you got to give them something to, to to look forward to for their future if they're going to be successful and none of those lots uh, that the city of Oakland has provided and has other people govern them has anything engaging to make anybody want to get up and like Change their life it's 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 like going to jail they're like concentration camps it's a, it's a tool shed with most of them with no electricity no water um no heat no food uh, no type of services you have a, a caseworker that comes through every now and then maybe a housing navigator but we also have to make sure that we look at when we're putting people in uh, places that they can afford um, uh, where they're staying after the services are uh, over with uh, that pay your rent. But we really, the city of Oakland really needs to, to stop sweeps, stop sweeps, and, and stop all these evictions until we find something better and work with the people that you are, 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 are trying to help us, the unhoused people. We're the ones who have the answers, the solutions stuff. They have to come, they have to work with us, and they have to trust us a little bit more.
0: You know, they, they create these horrific conditions, uh, you know, as a way to, I, I think, basically, you know, hide the problem um, as, as I think they, lo- they look at it. And then turn around and say to the media, though, see, they don't actually want housing, right? And, and continue to criminalize um, and stigmatize our unhoused relatives. I just wanted to throw that out there because you hear it on all of the major news stations over and over again ad nauseum. John, I, I, walk through what self governance of a uh, of, of a camp could look like, like if the city paid y'all living wages <laughs> to govern <laughs> yourselves to run your own camps, um, what 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 are the what are the possibilities and what that could look like.
1: We, right now, we're self-governed. This is this is what a self-governed uh, encampment would look like. We we, we tend to, to put out the negative about uh, the Wood Street Commons, but the Wood Street Commons it has come so far. We were just, when I got here, it was just dirt and a tent and, and one RV on this lot. And we have created a space where house people uh friends now uh supporters come and and enjoy life with us we have a clothing closet that uh people can come and get free clothes men and women all day every day we uh, prepare meals for people we uh cook We try to have a hot meal dinner uh, for our community every day. We go out and we pick up donations ourselves from Good Eggs and other agencies so that we can have food for people here. We have shelter here um, that people can come uh, and and, and have a place to lay down. Uh, We created a space with like eight couches, like eight different living rooms and stuff where people can come and crash in the middle of the night. We are a 24 hour Mm. resource to other people. That's what a self-government, that's what a good community looks like. One that's looking out for everyone. We had people come last night and ask for blankets and sleeping bags and we had it for them because of all the support that we get from the outside community and instead of just hoarding like uh uh uh, millionaires and billionaires do with the money and stuff we spread that wealth with other encampments we go out we feed people we volunteer when uh, other organizations are feeding people we do that that's what self-governance looks like this camp might not have the the pretty appearance that the outside community wants but we're working on that. And if the city would uh, uh, help us, assist us a little bit, like with garbage dumpsters, would be really nice since we don't get those. We're told to put our trash on the street, on the corner and stuff. And those are things that people don't know that the city is allowing or is pr- making us do and not providing us with things that would help this community grow. But this community is so strong and so beautiful and, and, and precious To not just us, but to everyone around here. Because if we're dismantled, then everyone here in our neighborhood is going to be sent out there into the streets. They're going to be angry. They're going to be cold. They're going to be scared. They're not going to know what to do. We have um, a lifelong medical comes to us and and three or four times a week. And they bring their uh, medical band and they do all their appointments here because they partner with us. And and they'll tell us when when someone has an appointment. Um, This is this this. Community right here is self-governed and, and we, we haven't had any uh, gunshots here, any fights. Uh, uh, I mean, any. no one's gotten shot. No one's been stabbed uh, at our lot, but at all the other safe, supposedly RV lots and uh, tough shed lots, there's been murders there. But we haven't had any of that because people have a, a code of conduct that they respect because of what we're doing here. And we we ask people to come down here and just be a part of all of this, especially through January 9th and the 20th, when the evictions and they're trying to close this lot, but closing this place is not what they need to do. They need to use us as a model throughout Oakland and and hopefully this overflows throughout the Bay Area and maybe even the state. But what we're doing right here is the right thing. We're helping one another. And that's what community is about.
0: Thank you, John. And so there is a call to action for folks to show up at the encampment and defend it and stand in solidarity. Follow the lead of the Wood Street encampment residents. The clock is ticking, and I want to get to talking about this storm. Um, Talia, how is your organization, Love and Justice in the Streets, working to brace the unhoused community for the storm? Is part one of the question. Part two is, does the city step up when like these disasters are happening? and provide any safety, shelter, uh, support, um, or, or are our unhoused relatives left to fend for themselves? And then I'm sorry, just because we're running down on time, I'm going to give you the third one. What is the call to action? What supplies are needed and where can people bring them?
2: Great. So first, I want to just jump to the Wood Street piece and just say that the Wood Street residents have written a letter and they're asking people to sign on. You can find this letter and sign on at woodstreetcommons.com. You can also support the Wood Street community on GoFundMe at the Wood Street Commons General Fund. In terms of the storm, it's an absolute disaster. What we see here is when the government neglects, to house people, then we have climate change and we have these kind of emergencies that happen and it creates a, a life and death situation. I spent yesterday out in the streets, telling people about the storm who had no idea it was coming, telling people in tents who are living under trees. Hey, you, you need to be aware that this tree might fall down on you. These branches might fall down and distributing tarps and distributing, um, all kinds of emergency supplies. So, um, Folks can donate to love and justice in the streets and to the Wood street Commons general fund, um, and other organizations that are doing our best, but we're small volunteer organizations and we really need the city and the county to step up and to participate in a full way. Right now, um, the city is scrambling to try to figure out how to open, um, spaces for folks to go to so far. They only have places open during the day. They're directing people to go to libraries. But my question, and this hasn't been answered from the city yet, is can people bring their pets to these spaces that are being opened? Can people bring their belongings? Because what we know is that people aren't going to leave everything that they own. They're not going to leave their beloved animals to go take shelter. So that if the shelter isn't accessible and they don't have transportation to get there, then it's another level of failure. So what we need right now is we need to be putting pressure on the county and on the city and telling them to open up spaces immediately and, and then volunteers can step in as soon as we know where to direct people, then we can step in and we can mobilize in our community to go out and to tell people where to go. I want to really encourage folks to be brave. Don't be shy and go and check on your unhoused neighbors. In the past couple of weeks, I have, um, seen two different individuals, who were freezing cold and had been out in the rain all night and who needed urgent medical attention. They needed to go to the hospital and they were both lying on the ground. And I don't know how many people had walked by or driven by them and had not stopped. So if you see someone laying on the ground, please, please don't be shy to go and say, Hey, do you need support. Can I help you? Are you okay? and provide people with what they need. That's how we have to take care of each other right now. This is an emergency. Today, it's going to get extremely terrifying, especially for folks yeah. who have no shelter, who are just literally on the streets um, and don't have any way to protect themselves from the wind and the rain. And so it's really important that all of us take responsibility, especially house people, to to step up and to care for each other right now in this moment.
0: Okay, and we will link to the ways folks can support in the archives of this show. And folks can also, uh, APTP is also putting out that information across our socials. I've got to leave it there. We will have you back. I know there's an upcoming action in Sacramento. So um, we'll be talking to you very soon. Thank you both so much for joining us and and sending you lots of of love. Uh, We've been speaking to John Janosko, Wood Street Encampment resident, as well as Talia Husband-Hankin, founder of Love and Justice in the Streets. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawandisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area.